1: Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, very special guest. My guy, Trey, a.k.a. T-Double, one of the most introspective guys that I know, young star, young athlete, Trey Tempton. What up, boss? How are you? I'm good. How are you, boss? How's everything? Everything's well. Thank you for taking the time to join
0: the podcast. So where are you now? You in the bird? Yeah, I'm currently in the bird, man. Hanging out. Just got done doing some work with my man. We're currently doing reconstruction in the house that we're currently in. So completely rebuilding this house. It's nice just because I get that experience. But just hanging out, man. So wait,
1: you were rec- what you reconstructing? You a handyman? So,
0: a little bit. I take you around the house right now, but I don't know if you want to see the podcast to see all that. If you want to see it, you're more than welcome to see it. But yeah, we're a little bit of handymen
1: over here. I dig it. I dig it. So, as an athlete, you understand the importance of warming up and stretching. Right. A few warm up questions for you. You ready? I'm ready. If you could listen to any musical artist, only one, I only need one, for 30 days straight, who are you selecting?
0: Blast. Blast with an X though. It's B-L-X-S-T, man. His music is great. his vibe is different. I truly appreciate everything that he's trying to do in the music industry as well. As well as my boy, uh, X the Artist, he's legitimately the one guy, I always get a chance to talk to him about music and whatnot, and he's taught me so much. So I can listen to him any day of the week because he got so many different types of uh, vibes and variety.
1: So the first one, so your, your selection, you said Blast with the X? Yeah, blast? yes sir. Where's yes, he sir. out
0: of? He's out of California. Um, He's so smooth, man. His music kind of reminds me of uh, Nate Dogg a little bit. And he just, his vibe is different. It's really West Coast. And I'm a West Coast guy in terms of music. So it's, it's a really good vibe.
1: Cool. All right. So you have a time machine. Are okay. you using a time machine to go back in time or to go into the future?
0: cool. Mm. <laughs> The future, man. I want to know the future. I'm going into the future. I want to know what's going on, like, cause especially after a pandemic. Like, if you'd have asked me this question in 2016, and then I went to the future and seen this, I'd be like, "Yeah, hey, I gotta come
1: up with something before this, man." But <laughs> definitely
0: go into the future. Definitely going into the, the future. future. Going into the future.
1: Favorite TV show of all time.
0: Favorite TV show of all time: The Originals. It's a spinoff of uh, Vampire Diaries. Yes, I'm a little bit of a a geek for that type of stuff, but uh, definitely the originals. Gotta definitely, the characters in the show itself is just shows a lot of courage and then also shows like a lot of like drama and all that type of stuff. So it's smooth.
1: Dig it, dig it. All right, so I want you to take us back. Hometown, family, Mm. early years in sports. I actually recently had a conversation with a guy who's a family member. You may not know him, but you talk about it just being a small world. So when I was right. starting Orange Arrow around 2012, I got introduced and connected with a guy by the name of Vernon Tempton. And mm. so, so he was one of the ones that advised me early on, like when we were doing programming at the Boys and Girls Club in Wilkinsburg, because he, he was a former principal in Wilkins, Wilkinsburg School District. And my, one of my mentors said he would be a great resource to me with the, the early development of the curriculum, and so yeah. when he found out that we, we that we you know you and I are connected, he said he is actually your grandfather's first cousin. He said that he um, I think he taught your uncles. You maybe your aunt and uncle in school as well and so he has a message for you he said he's extremely proud of you even though you all don't know each other but he's been following you your career your stories all the things that you've been doing extremely proud of you and the entire family is proud of you as well so I wanted to share that with you on oh, air that's good, you know I mean? so, so, so a lot of love for Mr. Vernon Tipton your cousin that hopefully you get a chance to meet someday
0: yeah, for sure, man. This is actually the second time I heard about him recently, which is crazy that you brought him up. So definitely appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And thank you for looking out. So I appreciate him as well.
1: So take us back home. Where are you from? Oh, yeah,
0: so home, man. I'm, I like to think of myself as a nomad. I moved all over the place, man. Literally lived in Hazelwood. I lived in Hayes. I lived in Apollo. I lived in Vannegar. Just everywhere that you could possibly think of. So I grew up kind of just moving around, but it's allowed me to adapt. So I say my hometown's Apollo, PA. Um, where my mom was born and raised but yeah man it was definitely a different area you know coming from the city because I moved a lot going into a white neighborhood um it wasn't bad it was definitely just difficult you know you had to really learn on how to stand tall but also know like keep yourself safe so you know what I mean it was a different experience but thankful for it
1: so we're going to talk about your football career did you play any other sports growing up
0: of course, of course. I I did track. I did baseball. I did basketball. Basketball was actually my first love. So not a lot of people know that. You know what I'm saying? I can hoop. I can really hoop. Uh, basketball was my first play? the guard,
1: small forward, yellow height to you? Man, you I
0: play, play I played one through four, man. If, it doesn't matter on who it was. I love to play defense, but I also can score. Um, but I love to play point guard. Point guard is my favorite one. I love having the ball in my hands and putting people in the right place. And that's why I think I'm a good leader now. To be honest with you,
1: who's your favorite point guard growing up? In the, Chris in the Paul. League? Chris
0: Paul, Daniel, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway. We can keep going. John we Stockton. Come on, to Tim Hardaway. Killer Come crossover. On. I love the killer crossover. John Stockton because he was a facilitator. Yeah. Um, everybody likes Michael just because Michael is Michael, Michael. you know what I mean? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Le- LeBron James is LeBron James. There's not too many right. people that can do stuff like him, but it's
1: point guards, it was those guys. So did you play basketball in high school when did you when did you stop? Uh, I stopped playing basketball when I got to college, actually. I
0: played okay. three played sports.
1: In,
0: yeah, I played three sports in high school. I was voted, I guess, what is it called? all? I guess it's like all Pennsylvania or something like that. And then I was uh, voted what people's most athletic man for that year. Uh, Won states that year in track, played basketball, averaged a triple-double, and then did well in football with going to pit and whatnot. So, you were yeah, playing worry. work. Yeah, I was a three-sport athlete. That was my goal, man. I had big goals and aspirations, and I was able to succeed and to accomplish those. What events in, in track? Long jump, high jump, four-by-one, uh, the 100. I was trying to do it all, man. I ain't going to lie to you.
1: <laughs> Anything they put me on. Let me ask you this. Did you mess with the 400? That's a grown no. person's race no. right there. <laughs> no. That is a grown man race. Let me tell you why, man. What? Because Because usually, like, if you're a sprinter,
0: you know what I mean? You don't know how to pace yourself. Leave that right. for the distance people. You know what I mean? So everybody already blew their load at the first 300, and then that right. last hundred, you, you back tightened up. You ain't really,
1: right.
0: you ain't really running. It's so crazy, nah, man. Y'all got that 400. That's all y'all.
1: Totally. So I ran the one and the two, and I was young. This probably maybe is my sophomore year in in high school, and uh, something happened with one of the the members of the four by fours, like the day of the of the meet, and they asked me right. to run it. First time, no training for it, they know what I was doing. So just like you were saying, man, let's go. I'm getting out the gate. Man, that monkey down that, that piano jump, everything jumped on my back towards the end. Yo. Was it was I was like, Coach don't ever put me in that race
0: <laughs> And then you lock up. The worst part is you lock up and then it really felt like somebody's on your back, like your lower back,
1: all that. Right. Takes. Right. Done deal. Done deal. So, so, how was the recruiting process for you? What schools were you considering coming out of high school?
0: Um, man, I had Toledo, Michigan State, Pitt, and then I stopped my recruiting after I got picked because that was my main goal in the first place. Uh, I worked hard for every scholarship that I got, though. I, I pretty much only the only scholarships that were handed to me were the Mac schools, which were Toledo and the rest of the Mac, but then as far as like Temple, um, Temple as well, but as far as like Pitt, uh, Michigan State and the other schools that I had they were all camps I went to every single camp grounded that camp uh showed out a camp called out the best player every single camp I went to balled out and then they gave me an opportunity and then after that the rest is history I'm at the University of Pittsburgh
1: and so how how is it going to school so close to home like you, you hear you hear the pluses and the, and the, and the minuses yeah. with that like sh- share your experience with that
0: Well, being so close to home, it feels like you got a city on your back. You know what I mean? Like you're playing for something that means a lot to you. You know what I mean? But also kind of wish at some point in time as well that you would have got out a little bit more, seen the world a little bit more as you get older. But I'm thankful, man. I wouldn't really have changed anything. You know what I mean? Definitely went through my experiences here and had to go through a lot to get a lot though. So I'm very thankful to be here and I'm still thankful
1: I'm still here. So you mentioned going through a lot of experiences. Like, speak yes. to some of that. What was one of your, your early experiences you
0: had to go through, particularly as it relates to your health? Oh, man, as a, as a relation to my mental health, relationships. That was the toughest one for me, you know, like building new relationships. I just my freshman year coming in, you know, like every freshman has done it. Either you have a girlfriend or you're just excited to get to the, to the university, you know what I mean? And at the time, I ended up getting into a relationship. And the relationship was just very difficult to also try to manage school to manage a difficult relationship and then also to manage football was it got, it, it harped on me. You know what I mean? So that was one of the more difficult things, but the most difficult thing was that transition period, you know, like realizing like, this is what you do. You play football. You know what I mean? And the speed of the game is a little bit different, but this is what you do. You play football. So it's just finding that understanding and truly getting the fact that I've been doing it for a long period of time and I'm still capable of doing so. So that was the biggest hardship for me starting um finishing <laughs> and now I like to say finishing because you know I'm in my seventh year um finishing I would say the hard- hardest part is realizing that it's all worth it you know what I mean like everything that you've been through the struggles that you've been through it's all worth it the times that you you fought to get where you are it's all worth it so I've been really practicing my mind mindfulness and really just appreciating every moment that I have truly and I'm just thankful for these moments and so
1: Speak to the medical issues and the challenges that you have had. A lot of them. A lot
0: of them, as you know. As you know. Go ahead. A lot break it down. I had uh, – so let's start my freshman year, sprained my PCL, my LCL, and that was a mental comeback that I just couldn't go through. I just didn't understand how to come back from it. Now, if I had done that, it would be nothing. Um, so, Fast forward going to my sophomore year, my red shirt freshman year, um, had a great year, standout year. And then end up having my lung collapse on the field against Miami. Had to do immediate, get to the hospital, do the whole nine and everything. Spent the week in Miami. Difficult, but I was ready to return the following year. So what happened? Um, Did follow- you get hit?
1: Oh, I mean, what happened with that? So what, ha-
0: yeah, so what happened was I was coming across the middle. It was a route that I had ran, that we had ran in practice 100 times. I even had talked to coach. He was like, coach, I don't necessarily know if this play is going to work. I don't watch film about 100 times. Their safety is blowing this up every time, like. And then at the time we had a, a all American who's now playing for the Bucks, Jordan Whitehead and practice. Jay White, what we we do? Up. Yeah, that's my dog. Um, we had went into practice and we you know how you go good on good, you know what I mean? So we had tried to play over and over again, and our defense was kind of similar at the time to Miami's defense. Every time Jordan's right there, blow big blow up splash play. And coach's head, he said, He's not as good as Jordan, you'll be okay. I'm sitting here thinking that's like <laughs> I don't know about that. The game <laughs> speed's a little bit different. Right, <laughs> the right. Speed's a little bit different, you know? So we just had a, a returning senior come back. Uh, so Dantes for my dog, shout out to you, man. No doubt. Um, yeah, so we just had a returning senior coming back. So I wasn't really pressed about it. I was like, man, I'll play when I play. Um, but then he had a little tweak on his shoulder because he already had been hurt, but he was just coming back. So his shoulder started to act up again. And yep. Coach had sent me out there on the play that I specifically even had said, this ain't going to work. <laughs> so, wow. Um we're down, what, we're down 21 nothing. No, 21-7, because Quadri just had returned the ball. Um, down 21-7. Going in the game, 1v1, man, oh, man. I can remember this whole play. That's what's sad. It's called Viking. Remember the whole play. Um, run my route, had a bender, 1v1 against the uh, nickel corner, number 12. Hit him with a move, get outside, come back in, stack him. Then I see it goes to too high, so I bend it in as I'm supposed to do, but then it rotated late, really late. So I ended up going to one high. Um, guy ended up being in the middle, sitting there waiting for me. I had three guys over me. And Nate thought it was necessary for him to stick it in there. He looked at me, stuck it in there. My body was wide open.
1: I had a guy behind me. So you me went up for it. You went up high. to
0: the I was getting that ball. There was no question about it. In my head, I was getting that ball. You know what I yeah. mean? And uh, had extended fully out for it. And the guy behind me was holding me there. But the guy I didn't see was running full speed and – his whole body into my rib cage and at the time i was probably like a buck 70 you know what i'm saying buck 75 and that guy was far more mature than i was at the time and uh i blacked out don't really remember too much after he hit me yeah so then i just remember waking up and i thought my wrist was broken so i didn't even really feel my lung yet i just thought my wrist was broken and um man i'm touching i'm like i wake up i'm like (gasps) And I can't breathe, you know what I mean? So like, now I'm just laying on the ground. The ball still, I caught the ball. Didn't even realize I caught the ball, but I caught the ball. Ball still in my arms, but I think my wrist is broken, but I also can't breathe. So I'm just thinking in my head, the wind's knocked out of me. I'll be good, I'll get up. Right. The the wind's still not coming back. So I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, something's not right. But I'm good, because in my head, it'll get past. My wrist is broken. So we get up, we go do the x-ray, whatever, and whatnot. And they said, you're fine. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me go back out and play run down there on punt uh on punt come back going to halftime my man rara shout out to rara no Uh, doubt he uh he's like trey you don't look too good man i'm like Mm -hmm. what you mean he said you sure you're all right i said yeah i'm good bro don't worry about it and then the doctor called me over he said trey you look fine but something just doesn't seem right he said let's just take you to the hospital if everything's cool we come back fourth quarter i said all right straight let's do it my adrenaline's still up mind you so I'm not really feeling nothing, but I'm also not realizing it. I'm wheezing so badly. I'm over there and not realizing it. So now I'm in the ambulance, I'm talking to everybody. And then I slowly start feeling myself just days off. Like, just like not realizing. like my adrenaline's coming down. So pain's starting to come in a little bit. And now my chest is starting to hurt. I'm like, oh, maybe I got a little bruised or something though. Cause he hit me pretty hard, but now I'm dazing off and I'm not realizing I'm dazing off. So they rushing me into the ER. They stripped me down, cut everything off, and me. was like, yeah, let's just take a quick x-ray, make sure everything's good. Boom, they took a quick x-ray. They're like, yo, your lung is and We got to put you under right now. I'm like, what? He was like, you're lucky to be here right now. You'd have died. I'm like, what? And he wow. just puts me under. Uh-oh. So I woke up, and I, it was Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami. I can't remember the doctor's name, but shout out to you too, sir. I appreciate everything that you do for me, you did for me, man. And uh man, like, it, it was an experience, because I woke up, and I had a tube in my chest. I didn't even know what was going on. Like, I just had a tube in my chest I'm just laying there and I just felt this referred pain as they call it because you have a lot of uh nerves right on your rib cage that you don't really know. And from here, I would say it's probably from my ribcage up to my jaw was pure pain. Like so that's my shoulder, my elbow, my rib, everything was just painful because all my nerves are sitting right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was a life-changing experience for me because that's when love was truly created. My organization, everything that I do. It wasn't created. It was created the following year, but the mindset behind it was created in that moment. Because previously, before that time, I was in a very dark place. You know what I mean? I was doing things better. Like I had made a vow to myself before that point that I was remain positive in my life. But to be tested by your positivity, you know what I mean? To test if your positivity is still there, it was hard. It was very hard. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, it's time to man up. Man up to your word and what you have abided by with yourself so uh so how long committed.
1: how long were you in the hospital in Miami
0: for a week in the ICU for a week
1: so 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 did someone from Pitt stay or family come in like how, how did that so,
0: really work out so my mom they flew my mom in this is why I'm so thankful for the University of Pittsburgh they flew my mom in for free um coach Salem appreciate you as well man his son came down and picked me up so we drove 17 hours back from Miami the whole way back to Pittsburgh wait That's why didn't I they I find they you back
1: you couldn't fly? couldn't
0: fly. Couldn't fly. So I wasn't even supposed to be participating in that yet. You know what I mean? So I wasn't able to fly after I had left. This was crazy, Sean. I wasn't even able to walk. I couldn't walk. You would think like, okay, that's your upper body. It should have nothing to do with walking. I didn't even have enough oxygen going to my brain in order for me to walk. Wow. And I had no idea because I felt fine. You know what I mean? I felt great you know what i mean like i felt like i could run i could walk in my head because i was laying in the bed yeah, and i got up right. yet so in my head I, mean, I could run i could get up because i just had done it you know what i mean i just had done it a week ago it wasn't like it was just anything i was like man i'm good man i went to go stand up and literally as i was trying to stand up i collapsed and passed out wow yeah it was it was that i didn't it. realize because at the time like you don't really realize especially respiratory like it's breathing so it's yes. like it hurts but it's not Anything that's like your whole physical body, so in your head you're like, I could do this, I can get up, I can move around, I can do whatever I need to do in order for me to succeed and move forward, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? I had to learn to walk again, and I didn't even understand on how that even came into into play. But I guess when the oxygen is not getting to your brain, it takes time for your body to get used to small things such as walking. For me, it was a transitional thing where they, we were rehabbing by walking through the ICU. And again, I'm thankful for the injury that I had because now. Seeing all these people who were in my ICU unit and then in the other ICU units, I was the most healthy guy there. You know what I mean? So I was thankful to be in the position that I was in, considering that everybody else was in a worse shape. But in the same sense, my rehab was walking down a hallway and I'm losing breath. Like I'm losing like heavy breath walking.
1: Uh, you were just playing the- a division one game and now you could barely walk down the hallway. I can't even walk down a hallway
0: without feeling like I'm about to pass out. Like, you know, that hard running, like, that you feel, where you feel like that blood taste in your mouth? It felt like that, just to walk down a hallway. One hallway. So, like, I was having such a tough time at first, but then I had made a vow to myself, and I remembered I was laying there, and they had just given me my medicine. And when you have that much time to think, man, you think so often. So I was like, I remember just sitting I was like, man, like, I'm going to make sure Every day, I'm smiling inside this ICU unit. Like, I don't care what I got to do. And I remember it to this day. It's like, it's so vivid. And I remember talking to the nurses. I'm just trying to make them all smile. But the one thing I remember more than anything was the very first night I came in after I had my surgery and put the uh, tube in my chest, right? There was this guy, I can't remember his name for the life of me. He was a military sergeant at one point. But he became a nurse after he retired because he was just bored. You know what I mean? And uh, he explained to me, I was being stubborn at first because there was this breathing thing that you needed in order for you to breathe again. You know what I mean? For your breathing to start happening. And I had a whole bunch of blood in my chest and I had nothing, no idea about. So he's like, if you don't breathe into this tube and get that blood that's in your chest out, you'll be in a coma by tomorrow. I'm like, I just woke up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just woke up. And you told me I'm about to go back into a coma, so... He motivated me during that time because of just how he was, you know, just the, the structure, just the discipline. He was like, he's told me, I remember this to this day, he said, discipline yourself or you will be by yourself and you won't make it. And I don't know why that stuck with me. Like That's strong. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. hits. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? So
0: he says, discipline yourself or you'll be stuck by yourself and you won't make it. And I was just like, wow. I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to breathe in this tube every day. I was spitting up chunks of blood chunks of blood out of my chest, out of my lung, about this big.
1: Wow, like a size of a quarter, it looks like, yeah.
0: And it was so tough because I didn't realize how tough it would actually be. It's just one of those injuries. Like, I've survived a lot of injuries, and that's just the one injury that I remember vividly that was just like, it's not, you don't really have control. Like, it's not like you could physically get it stronger. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. It's not about the like, weights.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's not it's about just, getting in the pool. <laughs> right.
0: It's about how do you breathe like think about that like it's like
1: how do you train your breathing
0: pattern how do you do these things and I literally had to relearn how to train my breathing pattern how to be able to even hold my breath again without passing out you know what I mean so like certain things was just very difficult you know and then two three months later I was back playing like I was, I was gonna just, ask you
1: what was the timeline so it was about the two and a half three months huh
0: yeah so I missed a couple bowl games bowl, I was, by the bowl game I was ready to go You know what I mean? So that was a, that was probably the biggest experience where I could say like that life and death experience kind of created what I am currently working on now with the, the love organization. And then let's stay there.
1: Let's stay there. Love, what is love? Break it down for us.
0: So love stands for living out victoriously every day. The goal is to have, is to help aspiring athletes who want to go and move on in their lives, but also continue to play sports, get back to the mental state that they feel more comfortable by building community. So what we did was we helped student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, through, and injury through community. And how we do that is we created a program and a curriculum. It's a five-week program, a five-week curriculum. And uh, basically, each week is to build on itself to help the student athlete feel comfortable enough to see itself, to see himself or herself. And we find that most important because usually as an athlete, so many people are telling you what you are, but you don't really know who you are is not crazy. Like, as an athlete, like, there's so many people in every direction, especially for you as well. You probably know when you was balling out, there were so many people telling you what you are. But right. you're like, who am I for real? You know what I mean? Like, I'm balling. Like, I love to play football. That's what I love to do. But beyond that, like, who am I really? You know what I mean? Exactly. So we found a lot of athletes who have that same exact problem. And it's not like we're saying that we are doing everything. It's the fact that they're building community and taking time to actually do the activities that we have set in place for them to learn about themselves. You know what I mean? So now that community that when you feel like you have nobody or when you're injured on the back burner, you know what I mean? I like to say on the back burner, when you're injured, it's not not by like, anybody's unnecessary want, but people just forget about you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's nobody, it's not their fault. You know what the I best mean? Available, focused... The best ability
1: is availability. You're right, right, you're
0: right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, it's not their fault. They're focused on the things that they got to handle. But on the back end, that does affect athletes. You know what I mean? Because you're not, you're not looked at anymore. You're not talked to it to, from a coach. You're not asked to do things. And this is something that you've had the innate ability to do all your life and you're no longer doing it. There's a lot of athletes like that. So we wanted to bring them together and give them the opportunity to be like, yo, I'm not alone, what, this is, this is for real, I'm not alone, I'm not the only person who feels like this. By building that community, it allowed student, certain student athletes can't give out any names, but it allowed them to get back to themselves, if not better. And I could say from my own personal experience, it allowed me to get back to myself. Cause it wasn't like these people were just coming in and we were giving them the tools cause we're not the end all be all. They were coming in and I was also interacting. I was also doing the things myself. You know what I mean? Because at the time I was going through An injury, but I was so motivated through my injury. So I was like, how am I going to make sure everybody else feels this way? And that's kind of how it was created. And then I ended up talking to one of my best friends who's currently doing construction out there right now, Ely, and uh, he was like, bro, I got a perfect plan on how we can make this work. And he has set up like the activities because he was a camp counselor for years. He doesn't play, he's not an athlete I paid, but he had been a camp counselor for years. And he was just like, bro, like there's a lot of things that you could do that you can incorporate what you're doing into these type of activities, so we both sat down and read out wrote uh, wrote out the activities, and we just we made it for the athletes, man. That was the goal. Was like we're going to be everything for the athletes. You know what I mean? So we end up doing that, and that in itself has given me the world. And it's crazy because I never would really have expected that it brought me as far as it's brought me. You know what I mean? I have won a few awards for it. Um, met a couple people. Been on TV. Did a lot of different things, and it's all to go to say just by helping people. It's nothing crazy. It's not, not like I just made a million dollars. I, I just I just, wanted to help people. I wanted people to feel the way that I felt. And then not and so, only do- Please continue, finish Finish up, what
1: were you saying?
0: Yeah, I just wanted people to feel the way I felt, man. I was completely motivated by my injury. I was completely motivated by the negative in my life. And I wanted other people to feel the same way during their tough times. So love gave me that opportunity and that
1: outlet. I'm super proud of you, of the Love Movement. I'm excited to see its growth. It's already had significant impact. I mean, you have given your time to the community from Orange Arrow. I mean, if you, if you follow him on the Instagram, if you go to the Instagram page, you'll see the videos of him speaking to kids uh, from all, all over the area. I mean, you really take your time to give back to the community. Where does that come from, man? Because you are built different.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. But it was always this concept of, when I was going through my real dark times, and this is a lot of people's mindset in some type of way, I never wanted somebody else to feel like they didn't have somebody else to talk to. You know what I mean? Like when, and this is what's upsetting to me is the fact that when somebody's going through a mental health issue, and I don't like the saying mental health because there's a positive and negative to mental health. And most people just try to put it all in one area. and That's not the case. But when you're going through a mental health issue, um, a lot of people have a tough time and realizing that there's people who love and care about you around you. And it's hard to recognize it because you're going through the negative, and this is what's crazy. And I realized it through just my experience being that pit. People are quicker to, be, to learn and see the negative than they are to see any positives in their life. And as athletes, it's even worse because all we want to do is get better, so we don't even notice that we're getting better, we only want to see that what we're doing wrong ah, this is so bad, so we got to do this. This is so I didn't want that for anybody else, man. I knew what that felt like, I and mean, there was a very dark place that I was in that I realized I was like, man, like this is lonely. I don't want to be lonely, man. I don't want to be here. And I was just like, I know there's other people out there that have this issue. And that's why I wanted to go and talk to kids. Because there's people out there that have suffered more than I've suffered in different ways. You know what I mean? But to know that somebody else out there gets you, that somebody else out there has your back, that gives people a sense of, okay, I'm relieved. I got, there's something out there. You know what I mean? For some people it's music. You know how you find that one song that you're like, how does this person know everything that I'm feeling? You know yeah. what I mean? Right, right, right. But it's the same sense, man. I wanted to be that for the kids. I wanted to be that for my teammates. I wanted to be that for myself because I had realized there was a point in time where I didn't. I felt like I didn't have everybody or didn't have anybody, but I had an incredible family on the back end who was having my back. I just didn't recognize it. And I didn't have anybody to guide me to recognize it. So I was like, okay, Trey, you didn't have that. So now what are you going to do about it? That was the biggest question. You know what I mean? Like, and I know you as a nonprofit profit organization, uh, a part of a nonprofit organization, you know what that feeling is like. It's like, there's a problem in the world, but what are you going to do about it? Right. You know what I mean? So I felt like it was a calling to me. and I was like, either step up or shut up. <laughs> <And
1: that's laughs> it's easy to talk about it. You know what I mean? Show me. You know what I mean? Right, Put the work what I mean? In. right, right. And
0: as an athlete, it's like, it was one of those things where I started thinking in my head, I'm like, there is no way in this world athletes should have a problem succeeding in life beyond sports. And that's how I just personally felt. It's not saying that it's the right way to feel, but that's just how I personally felt. And here's why. As an athlete, you've, bred, you've been, especially as a Division One athlete, you've been bred and you've pushed yourself to the ultimate limits of your body and your mental to be where you are. You've now gotten over so many obstacles in your life to get where you were or to be where you were or to be where you, were, be where you currently are. Why are you stopping now? You know what I'm saying? Like you've already yeah. been bred to, to get over obstacles your whole life. That's all you've ever done as an athlete. True. Even if you've been the best of the best, you've always been bred to get over obstacles. That's why you're as good as you are. You know what I mean? So why in your now field of your job field, whatever you're currently going into, you can't do the same? I just like to that's say that. Strong. Yeah, you know that, what I that, mean?
1: So, that, that's that's really strong. I'm there and inspirational, man. You're definitely inspiration. Uh, to the young people, to myself. You get me excited. get me motivated <laughs> as well. I see you grinding. And um, talk to me about the student side. You already oh, have man. your undergrad degree. Yeah, what, you get, what, you, what, you, uh, what did you major in?
0: Uh, I ended up majoring in communication and sociology. That was huge for me because originally I was a business major, but I was a little bit late on the business side. You know what I mean? So I didn't have the AP credits. I didn't have all these things going into it that would have helped me during the season. And that was the most crucial time and the most tough time for me was when I was trying to do business classes or do business school, but taking my harder business classes while we're playing football. Things have to be turned in on the weekend. We're traveling and playing on the weekend. So it was a lot more difficult for me personally because I was playing catch up and I didn't have time to catch up. So I had moved into communications and ended up falling in love with it. Finished school with a um, 3.2. let Which was huge for me at the time. You know what I mean? Getting my undergrad. Now I'm in the school for social work because I feel like there's a lot about nonprofit organizations and I'm a COSA student, which is all about organizations that I don't currently know about yet. And I feel like this now puts me in a place to understand what it takes in order to run a nonprofit organization without actually having to to pay for it because I'm an athlete. You know what I mean? So I was trying to take advantage of the moment, but also it gives me an opportunity to learn more about people and the different ways to learn about people, why people do things the way they do. And that's my main love in life is people. I enjoy people, you know what I mean? So that's where my next track is for my uh, graduate degree.
1: And, and so typically, you know, you have, you have um, four years, you know, as a student athlete, sometimes four four and a half, maybe, maybe five. You have done such a wonderful job of capitalizing or your time at the University of Pittsburgh. you just finished your sixth year. You got a couple years because of your uh, medical red shirts. And, right. and, and we know the leadership side of things, how people on your team look up to you, people in your community look up to you. But I gotta ask you this question. Being that you just finished your sixth year, your teammates give you a hard time. Like, oh man, everything like that. Do they give you a hard yeah. time?
0: Yeah, I'm unk uh, now, you know what I mean? Oh, so okay. it's <laughs> It's funny, but it's it's definitely nice because they they come to me with questions beyond football. And that's what I like. That's what I really enjoy. You know, that's what I really look forward to having to being able to be that teammate. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, I'm having a question about business. Well, here's an opportunity for you. I I know this person and this person. I can get you connected here. Go talk to Tony. And he can also get you connected. Or I may see something and I'm like, bro, like you're putting yourself down the wrong track. I you had done this before. Let me put you here. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of guys who are 18, 19, think they know the world. But I've been 19. They haven't been 24. You know what I'm saying? So it's giving them that opportunity to to see life before having to go through it. And that's something that I truly enjoy, even though they call me Unk or oh, mm-hmm. the only person that's been around here longer than Coach Junk is straight. And I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: coach Junk like is a legendary is. coach at Pitt. Listen. He actually recruited me. And so he's been a the whole time. That's, that's actually really good.
0: <laughs> Man, so it's only three people that have been in the University of Pittsburgh Long, at the, currently at the football uh, building is Coach Narduzzi, Coach Osala, Coach Junk, Trey Tipton. Uh, <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Trey, let's go. Uncle Trey. So, and, so, and I, so take, I take five So, so
1: it's Trey, finishing your sixth year, like, 2020 has been insane. But how right. was it playing a season at the Division one <laughs> level during this pandemic, during COVID? I mean, we read – the stories, ESPN, all this other stuff, but how was it experiencing that? Uh,
0: very, very, I'm sorry, very, very difficult. Um, very, very difficult. I could say it's probably one of those things that you raised to think you're like, man, are we going to play this week or are we going to be not playing this week? Does somebody got COVID or does nobody got COVID? I can't go and see my family, I can't do this. You just got to be focused on the, on the grind. And it really tested people's ability to grind. You know what I mean? Like it tested your want, how bad do you really want to play football? Like how bad do you really want to be here continually doing something that you do love, but it takes a lot on your body. You know what I mean? And to now having to take a COVID test every week, three times, four times a week, it's like, okay, like what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like and it's literally living day by day. That's why I've been really practicing my mindfulness. Is because every single day you have to work like it's the only day that you got. Cause you don't know if you're gonna play the next week. You don't know if you're gonna have a longer, extended season because somebody just can't play because too many players got COVID. You know what I mean? So it was, it was chaotic. But man, I can now say I, I live. I live through history. You know what I mean? So that and that was the one that was the one thing that I was very thankful for, because we read about stuff in history books all the time. And we've all lived through history. But to be a part of something that's looked at so hard by the whole world. I mean, not even the whole world. It's the country itself. Football is such a major sport. And to be a part of that, you know what I mean? For the city, it was just like, wow, like people don't even understand the inside of the inside of what's really going on. You know what I mean, and everybody has these, and it's tough because social media makes things difficult. fake news, people having certain type of views that okay, his views like that, so they must be the world's view. That's not the case, man. This is more people have to just be more in tune with themselves, and that's what this has done to me. It's made me become more in tune with what does Trey want, like how how's Trey feeling? You know what I I mean.
1: how was it adjusting to no fans, no cheerleaders, no band? Like, none of that. How was that?
0: Terrible. <laughs> so terrible. Because I've never found myself. We have fans in a couple of games, but I never, ever found myself thinking that I would enjoy, like, genuinely enjoy getting booed. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hearing people. Because you know what that feeling is. Like, you walk into a stadium, you're like, you hear all the boos. You're
1: like, yes, let me, yeah, let me and, and, and then it makes you like, we're in together. You know what I mean? Like, right. teammates, like. We in West Virginia, they booing us. But, hey, it's us against the world right now. Yeah. And I feel like we played
0: our best ball when we had a, had fans because we were, we were loving it. Now, beyond that, when you didn't have fans, it was like the scrimmage. You know, the Saturday scrimmages that you have during yeah. spring ball, whatever it may be. You're like, man, they're thinking the same thing we're thinking, bro. We just try to go out here and play football and just have fun with your boys, man. That's all it really was. It wasn't nothing crazy. It was just like, I'm with the bros. We out here going to play a, play a sport, have fun, and have a good time. And even at one point in time, like, you know how people talk. Talk crap here and there, you know what I mean? But like even the other teams would be like, man, what is going on right now? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just good, man. It was the first time I could say like everybody understood the professionalism that we all had to have. And that was intriguing. I guess you could say like i was the, probably the most intriguing part. Um yeah.
1: That's interesting. Wild. Because I wonder when things get closer to normal, if that could be a positive impact moving forward, because you'd be able to have like professionalism and be so disciplined but then now I'm with things where hopefully things open up next season and then and I, I can see that discipline maybe in helping out by like moving forward at least with the mental mindset and how you go sure. about your business.
0: For sure I feel like a lot of young guys a lot of younger players had to grow up fast you know what I mean they had to learn on how to handle their business not being able to go home having to understand like okay I have to be my own man I can't go out and party I can't go out and be how some of these people are acting outside of here during COVID. Like, I can't do these things because I got more responsibility than these people have. Like, if I catch it, then my roommates catch it, then now that's seven, ten players out of a game because of your decision. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a lot. There was a lot of young guys just growing and just realizing, like, okay, this is what's asking me. I have to be a professional right now. You know what I mean? And they did that. They definitely did that. I mean, you can go ahead. No, finish. Finish up. Go ahead. No, they definitely did that, man. Realizing that we only missed one game out of 11 games this season during a pandemic, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, a lot, a lot of teams. I there was at one point we had played the most games in the nation without a COVID mishap, you know what I mean? So, like, it was a different experience, man. It was definitely a different experience.
1: And so, the, the NCAA they came up, I don't know the exact rule, but it's a rule where those that played during the season and had the opportunity to come back and not lose eligibility, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You just finished year six. Are you coming back for year seven? Oh, man.
0: thought about this hard, man. I thought about this every day because I'm already uncle. I don't know if I want to be grandpa. But uh, (laughs) no, I made a decision. Yes, I'm coming back. I wanted to come back just because, one, I got to finish my education. I made that commitment to my mother and to myself. And then two, man, I feel like there's a lot left undone. You know what I mean? So to be able to come back, to lead these guys, to be next to Kenny Pickett and the rest of the guys, it's, it's nice, man, to be that type of leader. And now having such a business-like mindset coming into January 1st of 2021 and beyond whatever happens during January, college student athletes will have an opportunity to make money off of themselves. And to now have that opportunity to – to know what I've known and to do what I've done, I think it's the best best thing for me to do is to come back.
1: That's awesome. I said it earlier. I mean, you really have taken advantage of your time there and using your platform as a student athlete. And so you started, correct me if I'm wrong, you started off with number five. You switched it to number Ooh. six. Number two. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Number two. All right. So, so, but most recently number six are you going to seven to represent your seven years <laughs> come on man well, if you don't know i wore number seven so that is near dear to my heart are you switching know, from six to seven i know
0: i know i gotta stay with six man there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a reason why i'm staying with six man there's a Bring lot of out. guys there's a lot of guys such as my man aaron matthews he wore number six um who was kind of i want to say taken advantage of but due to COVID, wasn't given the opportunity to be the person that he wanted to be. So I wanted to be able to play and wear that number for my man as well. And then number six, number six was like realizing that everything that happened to me in the past with number five, it's in the past. The only thing that you could focus on is to answer your question before, would I rather go into the future or go into the past? The reason why I picked the future is because that's the only thing that we can guarantee by working in the present. I don't know anything else. What happened in the past happened in the past. I can't control the past. The only thing I can control is right now in the present to make a better future. So with that, number six, moving into number six is what reminded me of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. To have that number six was like, you know what? You're leaving all that stuff in behind. You know, I had a bad I had a bad season here or had a good season but got injured or just all these things that had happened. I'm like, that's not you no more. Let that go. You know what I mean? So yeah. I let that go and now we're number six and now my man Jay Wayne wears number five and he's been balling out. So... Thankful, man. That's J-Way. That's dope. Yeah, Six. There it is.
1: There it is. And so, as we close, you know, our mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field, off the track, out of the pool, wherever the playing arena may be. Why is it important for a student athlete to be successful outside of one sport? Because you got to know yourself, man. You got to know your true identity. If you don't know your true identity,
0: then your sport is only... Your sport, you can't play your sport forever. And if your sport's only your identity, then that becomes very difficult for you. So it's important to find out who you are outside your sport, man. Knowing what you like to do. Ask yourself those questions. Like, what do I like to do? Because some athletes don't even ask that question. Like, do I like, what else do I like to do? Like, do I like to make music? Do I like, you know what I mean? So find those goals and aspirations. And once you find that, when it's all said and done, you'll find a way to find fall in love with something other than the sport that you're in. You know what I mean? And that's, I know that's tough for NFL guys. Some of them are just now retiring. They're like, I've been playing this sport since I was five. It's become my job. I don't know what else I can do. Right, right. to To avoid that and to avoid that type of pandemic in your own life, man. Just explore. Take opportunities. Take chances. Network. Oh, my gosh. Please network. If anything that a student athlete can do to set himself or herself up for greatness is network. No Everybody you possibly can within your university, especially if you're at the University of Pittsburgh or wherever it may be, like, network, man, because there's so many opportunities out there. There's so many people who want to help you just because of what you're doing. So network, take the opportunity. That's all that really is. And when the opportunity is there, take it, because, you know, some people have a tough time taking that. You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah. We speak often about the powers of relationships so so to your point it's that networking to be able to build those relationships trey i want to thank you for who you are i thank you for all the work you supported with orange arrow giving of your time in between practice after practice joining zoom calls i really appreciate just the person that you are i'm excited about your future uncle trey thanks for joining the podcast my dude appreciate you
0: appreciate you man